I'm an activist, but I don't carry the title. What do you mean by that? I think that we're, we're in a day and age where we love labels. And the, the more labels that get plastered onto you, the more you somehow belong to a club. People will ask me certain titles. Are you a this? Are you a that? And I'm like, I'm a Black African storyteller and lyricist. Wherever I'm called to, I will go there and serve. So for me, it's, yeah, I'm an activist, but I don't carry the title. I just, I, I, come, I come to serve, I come to deliver. You're listening to Sounds of Ohala, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss activism and music. Join us as we sit down with musicians to discuss how their sociopolitical landscape shapes their music and creative process. I'm your host, Yasmin Obey. Hi, my name is Alim Kamara. I'm a lyricist and a storyteller. What do you think is the impact of storytelling? Why it's important and how it can help like, have an impact on, on your local community, uh, whether it's in Sierra Leone or whether it's in like any, uh, any country that's going through... Um... Storytelling is something which builds community. Because in order for you to hear a story, it means you must be seated. seated in a congregation some way, somehow. Um, storytelling helps to build bonding. Storytelling increases the listening skills and also helps with cognitive development in both children and adults. Storytelling helps with language development. Storytelling helps with confidence. Storytelling helps with um, expression. Storytelling helps to it, it helps to formulate, teach you how to formulate language. And so when it comes to this creative art that is just sometimes seen as um, just performance, it's like, no, it, it is something so, so, so beyond that. And I think I've said this already with, with the work that I do in being able to bring home um, when I say bring home, bring Sierra Leone to the stage, um, whether I'm going to Argentina, whether I'm going to Peru, whether I'm going to Canada, Dubai, it is something where we need to tell our stories so we can be heard. And some of the stories are painful stories. Some of the stories are joyful stories. But these stories must be told. It is so important because it is how it is how we keep the the spirits of our ancestors alive. Everybody, they look me. They say, "Look, this idiot man. Why stand up for to play drum in school? Because all the being being born in the UK, going back home, um, we were in the village up in the North Province in Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. and my grandfather, um, he was the chief of the village. Um, well-respected man, had loads of wives, apparently had up to 76 children. Um, yeah, you heard right, 76 children. <laughs> yeah. um, and so our, our compound was always very much surrounded with people. And so at nighttime, when everybody's kind of finished working in the farms and things like that, nighttime was a time of settling down and having conversations and building community. And that's when the stories would come out. 
And we're talking about adults telling stories, children telling stories. And it was the time that I would stay still, apparently. Like, I just used to not be able to keep still for long. And storytelling kept me still. It kept me seated for long periods of time. And so when I returned to London, UK, there were no more stories in the spoken word sense that I knew of. But we, my cousin um, introduced us to hip hop. And I'm talking like KRS-One, NWA, Tupac. And so that became our evolve, the evolution of storytelling. As, as so to speak so when i was like yo where's that thing that i had back home it was like not there's this new version of storytelling that takes place and i'll call it street journalism and that's when i fell in love i was just like man he was so hungry to to hear the the, the music that was coming from out there, America. And the reason why was because we couldn't see a reflection of ourselves on TV. I think the only thing that we had on TV around those times was Cosby Show. Um, and like, tell me about way back, how old were you when you moved to back to London from Sierra Leone? Um, probably about eight, I was about eight. Oh, wow. so we went to Sierra Leone when I was about two and then came back when I was about eight. And we, we, and it was my cousin and I, we struggled. We struggled. Something I didn't mention was the amount of racism that was kind of um, around, which is still around, but in your face, racism, people driving past, dashing bananas after car or calling out racism. And when you're, yeah, when you're a little child, walking up the road. That's why, again, I drew towards NWA KRS-One because of what they were saying. And I was like, okay, our struggle isn't like what's going on in America, but we got a snippet through the music and, and could relate somehow. You know what I mean? Like when the police are just stopping you for no apparent reason and you're just, you're a child, you know, like trying to make sense of things. Hip hop was something that, um, that made sense to us. It, 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 it kind of gave us an understanding to say, you're not alone and I, we see, we, we feel your pain. It's interesting with the performing of hip hop is, um, so what I wanted to hear in hip hop, I wouldn't hear on like, I'd say like the hip hop circuit. So I would go to poetry events because of the lyricism and the, the, the clever wordplay and the information that was in lyrics. And I'm into like Talib Kweli, common black thought, real like hardcore lyricists. Um, and so, yeah, I would be performing in poetry circuits, but poetry circuits wouldn't have hip hop sounding equipment. So then I'd be like, all right, forget, forget trying to perform hip hop, just do a cappella. Now, the interesting thing with hip hop is when you take away the music, it becomes spoken word. So then people will be like, hey, you're that poet from Brixton. And I'm, no, 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 I'm not a poet. I'm really, I'm a rapper. I just slowed down my lyrics so I could do <laughs> that. So then it was like, oh yeah, he's a storyteller. He's a poet and he's a rapper. And then I'm like, no, I'm not a poet. I'm just a rapper. <laughs> For ages, I tried to move the, 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 the title of poet. 
just never happened. I just like, ah, you lot call me whatever you want. I'll just do what I'm doing. I rap in the present like it's someone's birthday. Switch up my toes like mermaid. To get plays like arcade, I'm doing nice like kid. Childhood toys, pebbles that stick. If this is my script, I'll work with it. Used to record in the art. So something that I forgot to mention was when I was doing my story, people hadn't heard of Brass Spider or Brass Nancy. And that made me realize, but everybody had heard of Daffy Duck. Everybody knew Bugs Bunny, but Bugs Bunny was actually inspired by another character from Africa known as Bra, Bra Rabbit. So when I say Bra, by the way, Bra is like brother. So Bra Rabbit, Bra Spider, Bra Snake, these characters, it's, it's important that we, that we, uh, we say, we keep them alive. And from there, we then get to say, okay, cool. Like, so in this region, what else happened? Oh yeah, there was a character known as Baibure. Baibure was a great warrior. Ah, oh, there was a there was a character known as Mansa Musa. Have you heard of Mansa Musa? Mansa Musa from Mali. And it's like, oh, it was his name Mansa. No, 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 no. Mansa is not a name. Mansa means king. And so he was the king. You know, we we have we keep these stories alive so our young people can say, oh, so we have history that is great history. And that's what's what's uh, powerful, for example, about Afrobeats. You know that, right? Like Afrobeats gave Africa this life and color that people never knew about. And all of a sudden, young people just started wanting to be. They were proud again of being African because it was like, oh my gosh, this music allows me to move like an African. It allows me to do things that is not it is is new to others, but it's actually we've been doing it for years in Africa, and so that's 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 essentially storytelling, the preservation of of tradition, the preservation of culture, and the inspiration to be great. Just even seeing the, the, the creative elements and now how just because of Afrobeats now, how storytelling is being embraced, how fashion is being embraced, how art, how literature, and this is something a lot of people won't pay tribute to Afrobeats. And when, when I say Afrobeats, the modern Afrobeats, but just that, because what happens is, it's almost like your neighbor is playing something. You can hear a noise. And then you look over the fence, and when you look at the over the fence, you will see where the noise is coming from. But then it makes you look left and also look right at like, oh, what else is happening over in that compound? And that's what music that Afrobeats did. It made people look in and see, hear the music, see the music, and then go, what's that? It's like, well, that's our food. Oh, well, what kind of food is that? It's jollof rice. What's jollof rice? Oh, that's fufu. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's egusi soup. And all of a sudden now, people start checking, hey, what's that? Oh, that's an African attire. Uh, really? Why is it so big and bright and colorful? Well, that's the way we dress it. Oh, really? What's that cane he's holding? What's that monument? It's like, wow, all of a sudden, because of this music people are looking over the fence and finding out and learning a lot more and so that's that's i think the the, the impact of our stories through spoken word through art um through yes yeah, through our imagery sound 
you know, and then now even taste the presentation of food. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was in science when the call came. It's a boy. Finally, I get to give you what I never had. I, I need to let you know that I'm so proud of the man that you're becoming. But like me, you had something missing. That heavenly father, daddy, papa. All these terms of endearment, no choice but to harbor. Over my pepper brains, you want to enjoy the same saga. So we had conversations while you were still in diapers. Um, so Big Brothers is a hip hop song um, that was inspired um, by my little brother being a big brother and a particular incident happened where my brother got jumped and so I wasn't there at the time when it happened and I remember he got jumped sorry he got jumped so he got he got attacked um, so my little brother got attacked and he was he was simply he was going to the shops and two boys saw him there was an exchange of looks and yeah from that he was attacked and the feeling of not not being there present to protect him really really affected me having a conversation with my brother afterwards because he literally wanted to carry a knife after that and so when we speak about knife crime sometimes we fail to understand the backstory of why our young people want to carry weapons to protect themselves and i ended up talking him out of it but it kind of made me realize like that's how simple it is for a young person just being scared to think well i don't want to be harmed again i don't want to you know, um, find myself in this predicament. And so Big Brothers was, it was a salute track to say, I know it's not an easy thing, but salute to you for stepping in, even though there might have been a father figure or there might not have been a father figure, but you stepping in to say, I am going to protect this individual. I am going to be a big brother to this young man or young woman so that they can make it through this gauntlet that we call the hood or the ends or the manor or the block being there to, to just shield them some way, somehow from the chaos that they can sometimes face. And so Big Brothers is that song. It's like, this one is from our big brothers that had to play father because all we ever wanted was for them to have but better you know so that's that's big brothers summarized um to say let's keep looking out for for for, yeah, for our young ones no matter how challenging or hard it may be sometimes interesting that's so beautiful and what about the big brothers movement like what what is the so the, so the, the big brothers movement is is about us continuing that narrative it's about us going into schools it's about working with young people to say hey look we we are here for you and we've gone through certain experiences and this is how we handled the situations that we went through in our lives and i've never had to carry a gun i've never had to carry a knife and i've got my own organization and i want to tell you a story about me here's me as a big brother here's a lady as a big sister listen to our stories and be inspired by those stories and go forth and be great that's what the big brother movement is all about but i think the probably the most moving part was people writing to me and saying thank you because i can relate to what you've said in the song big brothers that had to play father big brothers that had to play father 
big brothers that had to play father Cause all we ever wanted was for them to have better lot of the philosophers or the philosophy that we know and hear about today uh, are from Africa. So for example, I'll give you one. Um, there's a scientist by the name of Imhotep, and an African scientist. And this man is said to have done, he done dentistry. He came up with medicine and things like that. And so, there's a there's a story of how by the time Imhotep's name reached Greece, it got changed to Hippocrates. Yeah, and that name I might not be pronouncing it right, but when you sign up to become a doctor or not, there's certain parts where you have to uh, swear on a Hippocratic oath, which means that you're swearing an oath with an African man's name, but that's now under a Greek title. Crazy, right? <laughs> so this, this, and this is why it's so important because people will turn around and be like, well, but Africans didn't do anything. So I'm just like, all right, cool. This, this just adds to my stories even more um when i'm traveling around and speaking about africa and i think the sad thing for me now sometimes is africa is so busy running to copy the the, the western world that we could be losing a sense of our own creativity if we're not careful on uh -huh. and, and identity yeah. and so that that that's why it's important to preserve um and be proud of because if we can preserve it, but if we're not proud of it, that's why it will disappear. Yeah. Oh, we're supposed to be the poor nation, but Asian man just a warp without a question. If we don't start seeing what we have and stop selling land to piranhas for half, and say, Alim, why you not been doing Bola song? Like it's supposed to bring back my people who are gone. I'm really trying now just to inspire the young. Remind them they're so amazing, like Ramaron. Can you also tell me about the song Letters to Sierra Leone? What's, what's the song about and what inspired it? Ooh, that's a painful one. Letter to Sierra Leone is, um, is my way of saying, let's take the, the, the blindfolds off and let's be better, let's do better. And like there's a part where I say, they came, oh, you're about to get me into trouble now. They came and they put a a a a, a, a center and and because there was a there was a, there was a rumor. I'm gonna say rumor, rumor. Um, how there was an Ebola center. This was before Ebola broke out in in a place called Kenema. And I guess my question was, why was there an Ebola center put in where there could have been an outbreak? And it is said that one of the things that caused, you know, Ebola to spread was that center um, where things kind of broke out. So in Letter to Sierra Leone, I'm saying, look, let's not, um, let's be mindful of causing ourselves harm. Uh, what do you mean there was an Ebola center there, like an Ebola? Um, before Ebola broke out, um, it had, it had existed many, many years before, years ago. 
And so apparently there was a there was an attempt to find a cure for this Ebola disease infection. Uh, and so there was a center because nobody really wants to have the center in case anything goes wrong. Nobody really wants the center in their country. And Sierra Leone just happened to be one of the places that said, yeah, you can put the center here. Um, and uh, yeah, we will see what we can do. And so that's, yeah. Can we, we'll call it, for podcast sake, we'll call it, that's the rumor. We'll say for podcast sake, yeah. Hey, the two of us should soak in a hot tub. It's been a long day, time for us to unplug. We are dangerous, seem we go broke law. I can't make this up, you wanna come so I was a nappy head, I'm a never hash. Now if wanna see where this one uh, I also you also released the song Kamnaya. I mean Big Brothers I think was released during the pandemic. As yeah. was Kamnaya. Um, uh-huh. Tell me about, a bit about that experience. Yeah. So Kamnaya is um, it features a Sierra artist by the name of Eddie Four Four One, and and Kamnaya is my is probably my first parental advisory track because it is very what's the word? It is very sexy. Is the word. So it's a track which is which is a man saying to his partner, come here. Like you know when like you're so drawn and attracted to somebody, you're just like, I love you. I I, I appreciate you. Like come. It's like I'm already in front of you. I'm like, no, 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 come here. Like you're in front of me, but I want you to come closer. So it's like the, the lyrics are fine baby will come now like pretty lady um come come here like i want you closer to me and so that's uh yeah that's that's what come is all about it's like it, it, it's a, it's a sexy song which is done partly in english and partly in creole you know so um i want people to definitely go and check it out it's an afrobeat inspired hip-hop song And I'm wearing my African attire, and they're like, "And oh, could you tell us about the costume that you're wearing?" Now, the word costume is very interesting because when it is used with certain cultures, when they say costume, they're thinking Batman and Robin and Avengers, and I'm like, "No, this is how we dress." Like, <laughs> like so. And sometimes I have to keep a straight face and I'm like, no, this is, this is, this is how we, we rock it back home. Like, you know, this is normal attire, like same way how you wear a suit. This is how, you know, yeah. So it's always interesting, again, shaping the narrative with the young people. Definitely the world is, is shifting towards understanding that, um, Islam is, is a beautiful religion and Islam has contributed so much and people of Islamic background have contributed so much to the world that the world needs to be thankful for. Um, Islam is the character that I, that being Muslim is the character that I walk with. 
I don't need to shout it in your face. Like this is, so when I'm teaching about um, individuals within my stories and characters, I don't need to spell it out. I'm just, I'm just delivering. The word mythology, if you look at the, uh, the, the etymological roots of like the word mythology, it means truth. So for, for, um, for a lot of us storytellers, when we tell stories, they're not fantasy, they're real. And they, um, they, they have to be real for, for especially when you're delivering, you're expressing. Because if it's real to you, when you're expressing that to somebody, you say, oh my gosh, can you believe that there is a horse called a Burak and it can travel at the speed of light? And the children are looking at you. <laughs> it's like the Burak is real. I believe it's real. I went to school when I was about 11, 12. By the time when I went to school, I was very, very, you know, people, they call you fat. You know, very, very big, but fat and very... And I think it's been beautiful enough to go into a school for me, for example, and then a student sends me a message and they're like, I was thinking of committing suicide today. And you came in and you told us your story and I realized there is something worth living for. My work is done. Wow. My work is done. That's so beautiful. And like, aside from the podcast, I've really, really enjoyed this, like talking to you and learning more about you and your work. And I don't know, it was a very illuminating conversation. Thank you so no, much. No, thank you for listening. Like times when I was just like, am I talking too much? <laughs> oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, I, get I get excited speaking about what I do. I just, I love it. I love it. Um, like I said, it's the thing that scares me the most as well, but I love it. Absolutely. It's yeah. so beautiful. Where can people find you, by the way, on social media or YouTube or? Yeah, please check out Alim Kamara. Um, that's where I am on all of my socials. A-L-I-M-K-A-M-A-R-A. If you forget, just remember I'm leaning on the camera. Um, and that will help you to, to remember the rhyme, Alim Kamara. <laughs> Um, yeah, all my socials, Alan Kamara, and I should pop up. Thank you for listening to Sounds of Wahala. Tiwa and I are taking a break for the summer to work on some awesome new episodes that are due to release in the fall. In the meantime, do follow us on Instagram at Sounds of Wahala Podcast for some really awesome content and to keep up for when our new episodes come out. Thank you.